Welcome to Exiles, a Gospel of Mark podcast. We're coming to you from Grace Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. We're taking what we learn about ancient truths and the person of Jesus into our everyday life. You can check out whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark for the sermon and resources that we're using for our conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Danielle Hartland, and I'm happy to be hosting. Um, as we go around to remind you guys who we are, we'll answer this question. What is the most awe-inspiring place you've ever been? Who wants to go first? Don't forget to introduce yourself. Uh, so my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. Uh, the most awe-inspiring was going to the Vatican. Oh, uh, Emily and I, Emily studied abroad in in. Oh, did I take your Stephen? Emily studied abroad <sighs> in uh, in Italy, and Basically. so we went back about after we got married. And that was that was so cool. Just just a heck of a place. The history and stuff. The most fun thing I've ever done was getting picked up by an elephant's trunk and petting a tiger oh, and feeding an alligator in Thailand. On. That was my oh. second one too. Just ah, <laughs> that was cool. just fun. That was yeah, awe-inspiring. Cool. That was terrifying, but it was so cool. Well, terror is a form of awe. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's some mad jealousy Talk right about, there. Talk about that it, was even. deep. Yeah, thank you. I gotta think for a second. <laughs> you guys rewind it for the gems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who looks gonna Steven? Um, oh. Okay, I'll go because that was gonna be my one too. I'm Steven. I also work here at Grace. I'm on the pastoral team and I do other stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> lots of other stuff. <laughs> lots of other stuff. <laughs> lots of other stuff. Uh, yeah, Vat- the Vatican City, definitely St. Peter's Square. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like the magnitude of that space. Especially if you go into Sistine Chapel at the right time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Sistine Chapel, but the main, I don't know what they call the worship space there. Um, but anyway, that's sure. part of the And the way the light hits through that stained glass. Mm. Oh, it's, it's just beautiful. I mean, it does point to like this reverence that I think has been lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, the second one, because I... That would be that would be my first is going to Donutter Castle in Scotland. Oh, oh. Um, so it's just up by Aberdeen. So Aberdeen's northeast of Scotland. It's right on the North Sea, and it's this. It's their castle ruins, but the way the castle was built, it's basically built into the side of a cliff, mm. and it's just to get up there. You have to get you have to walk up these tiny little stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this fortified castle in the history. Nicole and I went um, a couple of years ago, and it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Since marrying an American and going back to Scotland, yeah. I appreciate my yeah. country oh, yeah. way more. The history there. Because we would do these things nice. on field trips, you know? Yeah, and you're sure. like, oh, yeah. this is so boring. boring. Yeah. And then my Aww. wife's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And I'm like, huh. Is that- this uh-huh. is actually this cool. This is cool, yeah. Castle is like three. Yeah, you're seeing it through different yeah. eyes. Seeing it through fresh eyes. Yeah, that, and you that castle her. is three times older than America. Basically, yeah. Which is wild to think about. Oh yeah, when we were in England, I remember looking at gravestones, being like, "Wait Holy, a minute, yeah, yeah." They lived and died before we even yeah. thought about being a country. Like, there's yeah. a wall in Edinburgh Castle that I think what did they say is like, it's a, it's a small portion of the wall, yeah, but some bricks in that wall are like 1400 years old or something wow. like that. It was the original structure. Jeez, oh man. It's like, what the heck? Jeez, oh man. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Jeez, oh man. I'm using that. Just makes you realize how just nothing you are, you know. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> wow, Sarah's I now really grabbing the mic, everybody. Leaning here. back. We should get a couch. Oh, guys, yeah. uh, it needs sponsor to be. us. John, and just John like F. Schultz. Yeah. Lounge out. Pop <laughs> <laughs> furniture discount, Deepa. <laughs> and just lounge out. We do need a get com- some more blankets. comfortable space. I think keep the fans on. Yeah. For season two, so, guys, um, <laughs> the visuals will be different. Okay, all right, yeah. who's next? 
<laughs> Hi, Sarah McCosco. Um, so I'm going to go with the first things that came to my head. I think I've seen a lot more things, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, here, here in the States, my thing that sticks to me is Mount Rainier in Seattle. Oh. Mm, yeah. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I, it will stick with me forever. And mm-hmm. I just went to Seattle. What, you want me to get closer? A oh, bit, yeah. Sorry, Stephen was doing Thanks. a lot of hand motions. Um, <laughs> so seeing Mount Rainier, that was incredible. But my favorite, I'm going to go a different angle here. My favorite vacation and like seeing something was going to St. Martin Island. Oh. And doing the whole planes fly over you thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From oh. Mayhoe Beach. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. Do it. Dave like, wants to do that. Say, and St. Martin Island is incredible. It is so much fun. Everyone is so friendly. It is beautiful. There's so much to do. You can travel the island. I'm not a fan of the French side. That's, you know, mm. it's, Interesting. you know, it's different. It's not, Sounds it's about different. Right coming from an American. It's very, let's let me rephrase. The French side was just very, um, expensive and oh. where the Dutch side is just a very different vibe. They're just different vibes. So that oh, was, that's very yeah. Different vibes. It probably but, speaks to their culture as well. Cause yeah. they are incredibly different. Yeah. So this, but the, Dutch the Dutch side is really friendly. awesome. It's beautiful. The people were great, but the, uh, Mayho Beach with the planes was one of the favorite things, my favorite things I've ever done. Great. That's cool. Definitely do it. Great answers. Thank Good you. job. Danielle? Um, I think, I don't know. I've done a lot of really cool, Dave is like a wanderlust person and he likes scenery. So I've seen a lot of really awesome oh. things. Probably I would go with like Alaska. Oh, I've um, been to Alaska. Yeah, we went. Uh, we went for a missions trip thing, and then we just extended for like a vacation afterwards. And the time of year we went, we saw every single season, just because of how weird the spring is there. So we landed in snow, had boots and stuff in Anchorage, and then by the end of it, it was like springtime. It was weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, that was really beautiful. Like it's it's rare to see like the whole like, um sea level to a mountain, like visually, oh. like the water going to a mountain. I don't know. That it was sense. really gorgeous. That'd probably be mine. Or like somewhere in Canada, Banff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Canada has some really beautiful Have places. Banff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Banff. Uh, yeah, those lakes and those right. pictures of those lakes are like not Photoshopped. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's really that insane. way. Yeah. Yeah, so probably one of those two well, or both. Well-traveled group. Good for us. Yeah, good for good us. Good for us. Nice. High five, everybody. I know, right? I just need... I want to go to Asia. That's mm. my next... Taj Mahal. That is oh, the yeah. top of my bucket list. Okay, good one. I would love to see the Taj Mahal. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. And just the romance story attached to it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mm. agree. Ugh. I just basically want to go to all the Disney worlds. Okay. <laughs> ha. Today... That's the real answer for Daniel. <laughs> well, this is like Tokyo. You can go everywhere. Okay, so we're hearing a lot of feedback about the podcast lately, which is really cool. Thank you, guys. Um, thanks for listening. And, yeah. you know, if you're listening, do like the five-star rating thing. Not because we, we like want to. five-star. Well, <laughs> it really just helps more people see that it's an available resource. So oh. it kind of like will go up in the feeds and stuff like that. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, one common question uh, that we're getting and one that we got submitted officially from Jacqueline, uh, people are wondering why this podcast is named Exiles. So I thought we could talk about that for a quick second. Um, I guess, you know, sometimes we think about things in creative meetings and it's like super obvious to us and we just like go with it. Yeah. Um, but don't think about what the, what that is for everybody else. So, Anybody want to take it? You want me to? 
You can. You okay. named it. None of us yeah, know. Yeah, you did. None of us know what it means. <laughs> Shoot. No. Um, so in, in looking at Mark, like how Mark is written, it's written, obviously, it's a very fast-paced kind of like get it and go book of the Bible. But a lot of the themes that Pastor Derek is pulling out, like the son of God, son of man theme, cosmic conflict, um, ordinary heroes, and discipleship failure, um, and the situations that the disciples were finding themselves in historically in this time, as this was uh, both lived out and written, um, kind of made us start thinking about how we as Christians are living in this world right now. Um, and it's really not, we're not supposed to be here. Like mm -hmm. this is not our end uh, goal. This is not our home. And that might sound trite, but really we're, if we're living this Christian life to, you know, on a good day, to the best of our ability, um, we're living as exiles wherever we are. So any, you know, mm -hmm. comforts that we gain and things that we get, that, that's just like bonus yeah. and whatever. But this is just, we should not feel ever really completely at ease and comfortable mm -hmm. in this world, in, in my opinion. So that's where we got to the exiles oh, word. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. The Jesus ushering in the new kingdom. Yeah. And he really introduced new tensions. Yeah that these disciples had never had to navigate through yeah. or feel before in their life. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we feel. Yeah. I started watching The Chosen last night. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Like right. season one? Like from the very beginning? Yeah, I've never one? seen Episode it before. One. Episode one. And? Well, that made me think of it. I was like, oh, you know. But I now I need to know how you're feeling about it. I feel fine about it. Do you like it? I mean, if, I think so. In. I'm one episode in. But mm -hmm. yeah, I like, you know, it's good pacing. I feel indifferent by it too, but I, yeah. I said before, I appreciate the personal interaction. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, what you just said made me think of it because it's very like, it is, it does have that vibe of just like, whoa, all this stuff's happening. And it's like, whoosh, here comes Jesus. Yep. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to like just be exposed a new lens to this new, to yeah. look new way at of Jesus' life. ministry. Yeah, through. totally. What it might've looked like in the everyday. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. something that I always, because of why we're on this chosen, oh, sorry. I have always... This is just something that's always been on my mind, and none of you are going to be surprised, but this is something that's always been on my mind with Jesus. When you read the Bible, is there any, there was, ne there's never really anywhere that talks about Jesus laughing. Oh. And I can't wait to hear Jesus laugh. Like, it's just something that's just always kind of been mm. in my, on my mind. And like that interaction, because you know he laughs, like you know, like he's funny. Oh, with you the know? people he surrounded himself. So with when I was probably. watching the chosen, I got so excited because I got to see, mm. like that concept was there. Like mm -hmm. oh, he's laughing and he's talking and he's telling a joke and he's interacting. Like, like those are the at things. The wedding and stuff, and yeah. What's the thing that he like winked at someone at the at the table? That he made like a joke, like mm -hmm. oh, something good right? can come out of it. And, he's and like, you know yeah. he's doing that. Yeah. Like you know that stuff happens. You just don't. There's not really. It's not the, important to, in them, the Bible, yes. to them, the urgency yes. of these messages yes. saying like, oh, and then he laughed at this joke. It just wouldn't have been important for them to write I down. I cannot right. wait to hear Jesus laugh. My, that is a huge My thing Jesus is witty and sarcastic. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. 100%. So Anyways, that's why so that exiles. Was... Okay. <laughs> All right. Let us know what you think about that. Okay. Okay. But today we're talking about, uh, we're in Mark 4, 1 through 20. Um, this is the first uh, parable that we're coming across in Mark and we'll go into kind of a section of this for a little bit here. Um, and Der Pastor Derek's big idea is a thriving disciple begins with a receptive heart. So I thought first we could talk about just parables in general. He does a little section on that. Um, any thoughts about what he shared there or your own thoughts about parables? 
I think parables are intimidating. I'm intimidated by parables. That's a better word for me. So when I see them, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not going to figure this out. Why? This is, um, because I probably, I, right off the bat, I overthink them. Like, I'm like, oh God, I can't figure that. I instantly walk in with like intimidation. So mm. it, I get all in my head. Like, I can't figure out what he's saying. I don't understand him. <laughs> so I appreciated that Derek broke them down and gave a lot of feedback about parables. Yes. Yeah. People like me get. <laughs> like, Man. you think there's some like, I mean, they're already, they're all. I'm going to miss the meeting. I'm missing the meeting okay. and I get all like, oh. Yeah. No, that's fine. No, it's, that's so fine. there's me. Yeah, that's all right. I, uh, yeah, parables are fascinating. I think it's so cool. Uh, even when Derek kind of said, like, imagine Jesus sitting there in the boat and the crowd's around him. And then he's like, then he sees a farmer out in the distance and goes, yeah, the word of God is like a, a yeah. farmer scattering seed. Like they are, they were so accessible uh, and they were in often in like a story format. Like mm-hmm. what a great, and they were topical. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just what a fantastic method that Jesus used to relate what he was trying to get across to his audience. And that's absolutely something that hopefully we do well here at Grace, being able to take truth, mm-hmm. make it contextualized, make it accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I love parables, although there are some guardrails to it that Derek kind of, you don't have to over-allegorize every yes. single right. aspect a of point. it. Like, Jesus intended for some things to mean things. He didn't intend for every single thing to mean all. Right. Every word so does that's not where mean, some of yeah. the discernment comes uh-huh. from and can maybe the intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel I, for me, it's, I appreciate the challenge mm-hmm. because I like, I like to uncover and discover the first century. So we're like, you know, a few layers, you know, our generations removed from these. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the challenge to sort of understand the first century context mm-hmm. and how they might have heard it. Yeah. Right. Because I think we jump to applications so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, what does mm-hmm. this mean for me? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for mm-hmm. me? And I think that's probably, an incorrect way to start um, reading the Bible. I think that's where we we land ultimately. Yeah. But for us to go, okay, what was the intent yeah. of the parable? How would they have heard it? Yeah, what was going on? How would they have obs- mm-hmm. observed yeah. it, interpreted it? And then what would it meant for them to apply it to their life? Okay, mm-hmm. now what is it? So I like that challenge. Um, Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be, you know, for those who like, and I'm sure you're not the only person that's intimidated no. by, no. and the, you know, I, so maybe that'd be my encouragement. Find a good commentary yep. or a good, uh, you know, website with resources. Yeah. We have some uh, at whoisgrace.com slash Mark. But yeah. do a little bit of digging to understand the context, what it would have meant yeah. to the original hearers. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, pull the appropriate application. But mm-hmm. I'd, I'd encourage people to do that. Yeah, that's good. And Derek, I mean, Derek did say as well, he pointed out, Jesus also said, like, those who have ears, let them hear. And right. so there is this, like discovery portion to it mm-hmm. there is this sort of um i don't want to call them riddles because i think that would be doing a disservice but there is this like there oh, is let's there's what, some is, commonality what is he there. trying to say here yeah. and so it was like okay if i'm interested mm-hmm. i'm gonna be listening right now yeah um, well so that's so spoiler i'm preaching next week so we'll oh, dabble a little bit here on this one but oh boy I'm the ready. disciples mm-hmm. approach <laughs> approach Jesus afterwards and said, "What did that mean?" Yeah, and it dovetailed the next portion of scripture that will kick off my sermon next week is very much about like there's an obligation to like actually go seek out the meaning and go determine. Mm-hmm. And just, you can't just sit there and be passive and right. it separates. What did Derek say? The curious from the serious. Yes. Yeah. Or something like yeah, that. That's like right. so, go do the go do the work. Lean into it. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what Jesus intended. Well, yeah, and the cool about the Curious Sears thing, the cool that's just again points to like how savvy he was and how purposeful he was. Mm. He, I, I'm, I don't want to stop me if I'm going too far here, but like never. I'm well, no, I can't. Um, <laughs> but like, so there's this huge crowd, right? And so he, he knows he's God. He knows, okay, I these people here are creating a momentum, a stir, and whatever. But they're not all, they're not all ready for this. But these 100 are ready for this. So mm. if they're going to get this. The rest aren't. And they're going to stay with us. They're going to travel. They're going to hype us up. It's, gonna be, it's all very, like, amazing. I don't know. The whole methodology is amazing to me. So there is a theory out there as well. Um, I think depending where you land on the theological spectrum of things. But there is a belief that, so what happened last week in Mark, mm-hmm. the unforgivable oh, sin, yeah. right? And so there is this theory and this belief out there that after that happened, Jesus then started talking in parables. Oh, interesting. So for those, he spoke clearly prior, mm-hmm. realized that the Jewish leaders in the Jewish uh-huh. nation were not going to oh, turn and repent from their mm-hmm. sins. Hmm. Um, oh. and, and so I think you see Jesus moving towards those people first, because yeah. that would have been... You know, if you can if you can move the leaders, you can oh, move yeah. the nation, right? right. Yeah, right. Um, he huh. sees their heart. He, That's he knows their heart. He he sees that they're just not they're not at a place where they're ever going to repent. They mm-hmm. actually want to attribute his mm. works to Satan, yeah. and so now he moves into parables. Mm. And there's this like for those who have ears, let them hear. Yeah. Those who are interested will pursue. They will dig in. So there That's is that. Fascinating. Biblical I've never heard that belief or theory that. out there. Um, how much of that is actually true? Only Jesus knows. But right. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. interesting. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's just dig into the parable itself. Um, Pastor Eric was saying, well, I guess he like framed it in why some people will never get it, um, and how to diagnose the state of your heart. So he gave us four heart postures mm-hmm. to look at: a hard heart, a shallow heart cluttered heart and a receptive heart. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go one by one. So let's talk about a hard heart. That This is the um, the soil that goes on the path, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The seed on the, the path. Hard, is it hard ground? Yeah, mm-hmm. hard ground. And the birds snatch it away. Yeah. yeah. And so... It ain't getting in. Again, in case you didn't hear... So the bird is Satan in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is like someone who's maybe apathetic or cynical... Um, hypercritical has like no interest in hearing any of it. Yeah, does not even wanna. Well, and what's cool about that soil is I think what what Derek had just said right before he said it was the oh, what the seed is the word of God and yeah. the, the sower is like, yeah. those things aren't changing. It's the soil that's changing. Mm-hmm. The sower is sowing the seed judicial, uh, not judicial, generously, I mean, yeah. generously all over, yeah. it, spilling it on the path, and he doesn't care. He's just throwing it out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a cool... I agree. That's good for us to know that as we try to embody God's Word, even if that... We don't know hearts, only Jesus knows hearts, but like that... The sower didn't care about throwing the seed on the hard ground. He's going to go for it and shoot it out there. So should we... If Satan takes it away and that heart is not receptive, it is what it is. Yeah, and I think from the hard heart standpoint as well, like... It, it doesn't, the seed doesn't die and turn into some and turn into new life unless the ground is tilled. Yeah. And I know that Derek, you know, he wraps that up at the end of yeah. his message as well. Yeah. 
but there's a very, very slim chance for that seed to ever bring forth life mm-hmm. um, without that ground being tilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think, you know, for those that maybe listen um, or those who would say, listen, my, my heart is hard. Mm-hmm. I think you, you just have to come to a place of understanding that there, there has to be a level of tilling mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and tilling, yeah. you know, using metaphors and illustration, right? Mm-hmm. In our life, that would be overturning and uprooting some mm-hmm. stuff that's maybe yeah. in our life and softening that which is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's difficult. Do you guys think that's a one and done state, or do you think people can go in and out of that? Well, that is a fascinating theological question. Uh, <laughs> depending on I where you land so. on, on the the theological spectrum, you know, that's potentially you know the, that soil is hard, and there's nothing to be done about it, and you know, God and His wisdom chose to create the soils in their their state. We don't, we can't determine that by any of our own, you know, no, actions or means or discernment, um, but God has chosen. So like when we talk about the soil and the, are, are you, are we, are you saying this is only at like a salvation moment that we're talking about this? Not a salvation moment, but you know what I mean? Or are we talking about like. The parable? Yeah. Um, that's such a good question. I I would probably lean towards the that is the uh, steady state heart posture. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so the seed can get sown multiple times, but that that heart is hard, and that heart might not be coming back. God might. So once so. it does, so what, let's say, theoretically, once someone does realize this, or somehow God breaks through, can that hard ground become soft? Right. I'd hope so. God can do whatever he wants. Yep. Sure. So if mm-hmm. he chooses to do that. Um, can it become hard again? E. Or is it one of these other postures? That is. Uh, like could life and experiences send you back to hard? And, so that's a good, sure. That depends on, on, you know, when we think about election and free will and uh, hmm, can you lose your salvation? And that's kind of the ground that we're covering, I think, with that question. Yeah. I don't know if Jesus... I don't know if it's super apparent. I, I mean, Stephen, feel free to to jump. I mean, into can this. can I can I ground it, again? It's the whole point of the parable, right? Yeah. What what is what is Jesus trying to communicate here? And I think that's what we have to yes. we have to try to narrow down. Um, is it is he talking about salvation, um, or is he talking about sanctification right. here? And I think what he's doing is he's ushering in a new kingdom, right? So there is this salvific okay. reality. There is this moment where people really have to understand. And if the timelines are what the timelines are, and mm-hmm. these guys have just committed to unforgivable sin, yeah. you know, it would make sense that Jesus would start talking about hard hearts yeah. that are not, that are until the like ground is, is not ready. It to yeah. the attention. I've yeah. been spreading seeds, guys. Hello. Um, and it's just, you know, bouncing. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the birds come in eat it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I would interpret this um, without, you know, having dug into it for 40 hours last yeah. week, but um, I would interpret this as sort of a salvific moment. And yeah. this idea being that, listen, God is the one that does the tilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the context of the larger narrative of the story of Mark mm-hmm. uh, in the life of Jesus, that he's just had these, you know, interactions with hearts that are really, really, really hard. Yeah. I think once a seed births forth, I mean, we do gardens at our house. I mean, ground can become unhealthy in the yeah, sense yeah. that it's mm-hmm. cluttered with weeds. Mm-hmm. 
But even if our garden is full of weeds, it's still producing. It's still producing right. fruit. Yeah. Or vegetables in our case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think that's helpful. And really, this first state is, I think, different than these other three that Pastor Derek is yeah. going to talk about. It feels like the other three are more like in journey, a, yeah, sanctification mm-hmm. um, versus this first one. Yeah, I mean, life hasn't happened in this first yeah, state. Right. The seed is hit, and the whole point is that the seed would bring forth yeah. life. That's not even possible. Right. Yeah, great. Okay. I, great. Yeah, that's hard because we don't want to over yeah. we don't want to over spiritualize what Jesus took because it's the intent of Jesus and what did he mean through yeah. this. So I agree. I think it's salvific in response to to kind of what he had just done. Um yeah, that's just one of the ones where you can go round and round. Yeah, and that's okay. About. I just feel like that's probably something people think about. No, yeah. Um, okay, let's do the next one. So shallow. This is, um, well, this can look a lot of ways. Maybe we could talk about what it looks like for us or for people around us that we've seen. Um, I know for me, like I've seen a lot of people like go through something difficult mm-hmm. and then they're just like gone. It's like poof. Like forget about it. If If my... Genie doesn't make everything perfect. I'm out. Um, and that, and that's not to minimize people's pain. I mean, I, th- it can all be a process, but um, shallow that's is what when I you got most... like excited and you're like in it, and then something can just easily swoop you away from yeah. it. Correct? Okay. Yeah. Like a not not a deep, yeah, faith. Like who's in the crowd? Like Jesus is talking, <laughs> yeah, and he has healed many of people at this point, and they're like mm-hmm. excited, and so he's talked about. Potentially the Pharisees with the hard heart. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone. There are those mm-hmm. that have a shallow faith, i.e., you're coming for healing mm-hmm. and you're missing the point. Yeah. Um, and so I think he's probably looking out there yeah. and, and there's a group of people. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, so oh, shoot, I'm shallow. Those people that come and just enjoy the worship on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But is there really. Truly, are you taking it away? And is just, there roots? Yeah. You know? Are there roots being formed? Um, but yeah. if, you were to, if you were to pull up your faith, you know, metaphorically, mm-hmm. would the roots be very, very, would it be very easy to pull you out of the yeah. ground? Yeah. yeah. And uh, take you away. Yep. Yep. And like you said, Danielle, a little bit ago, you're like, when we start getting into the other ones, I think at some point we all can relate to at, probably at some point we were all shallow at some point in our journey with oh, God. Sure. And I think that's, that's real. So when you said that, I appreciate that. Cause I think we all hit from, from two on, I think we all hit at some point in our lives. Yeah. I think there is a, a shallow reality, but I don't think it's to be confused between shallow and infancy. I agree. Correct. Right? Because I yeah. think what Jesus is trying to oh, get great, at yeah. here is the heart motive. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. the motive of why people are yeah. actually here and following him. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, by default, we're all shallow at some point yeah. because we're, we, mm. oh, we're infant believers. We're innocent, yeah. So, our roots are not very deep and you could pluck us up. Yeah. Um, but I think the intent is to go deeper. I think it's fascinating. The only kind of time aspect in the sowing of the seed comes in this one because uh fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil it immediately sprang up since it had no depth of soil and then it weathered and died and you don't have any sort of time stamping on any other ones so i think there's a i don't want to make like an overbroad simplification but i think there's it's more healthy to have sustained growth mm-hmm. then I, th- I think what yeah. characterizes this soil is that burst of yeah you go to a conference or so you have this burst you want to do all the things and then you flame out oh yeah well couldn't that be said too for why 
Jesus does take his time a lot of times when he's changing us in some way. It doesn't happen like overnight. It's a slow mm. process. And we as humans get frustrated because we're like, we just want to change right now or like, you know, instantly see a change where actually Jesus is like, nope, like we're going to take our time. It may take you a year. It could take you a month, whatever. But he knows for humans, like it's better for us to slowly grow mm-hmm. than just to be a sudden and burst. De- and Derek said, the Christian faith is a marathon, yes. not a sprint. We were just talking about marathons, and <gasps> yeah. Stephen's disdain Stephen has for half really marathons. strong opinions about half. But marathons. life is not a half marathon, guys. <laughs> oh That's what God. Jesus is basically saying here. You spring up, and then uh, it's done. It's over. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Wait, we'll bring that up later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think uh, I wrote this down, so I'm assuming he said it, but. Um, he said another way that that can show up is like a works-based faith where you mm. have, you're just, da, 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 you're just doing stuff with no heart change, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like we see a lot. Yeah. So there could be this reality that I'm doing things for Jesus to get things from Jesus. Oh, right? yeah. So maybe I have. Oh, shoot. Genie in a bottle. Maybe I have yeah. an illness mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and if I can check off 15 things per week. Um, Jesus would be really happy and he would grant that healing. Yep. Um, that would wrong religion, wrong religion, (laughs) um, shallow faith. Yeah. Shallow faith. Yeah. You can pick any of the other ones and that could work for you if those were true in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Cluttered. Oh, I related. I just, Oh, I just related. I just related so much to it. And after I, after the message, (laughs) I, I stopped. Like I stopped, and I was like, oh, "I think we probably should talk." And Jesus, oh, yeah, oh, did you, okay. and did Jesus, yeah, sorry. And yeah. Jesus and I were like, "Hi." Um, it hit. Like I think this is super relatable to most people, where we get cluttered. And for me, at least, like if I'm going to be really honest, like I think I can easily get cluttered, even though I continue to cling to Him. I just, it was just something I very much related to. Yeah. Good. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one doesn't uh, strike at every single Western American like no listener. Kiss. It should yeah. hit each and every one of us. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, what is it? Cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, mm-hmm. Oy. Um, the desires for Oy. other things yep. enter in. Double. I love how Derek kind of called out. Social I mean, media, es- like- what? Kids' schedules. Like, I have a four and a two year old, and we're about to hit that stage where they're going to want to do activities over activitying things and yeah. whether it's our kids, whether it's ourselves with our hobbies with it's those all take away from what should be our primary focus. And he used the word um, trade. You trade God for something else. That's good. That's Come powerful. on. Like, yeah, we all can. Yes. Relate to that. Uh, hot I take, like, probably not popular, but like in America, there are all these things that we will label as like an attack on the family, you know, mm. uh-huh moral stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. in our government, stuff that's happening in schools, whatever. I'm not saying that stuff isn't true, but what I actually think is the biggest attack on our family is this lie that you need to provide endless amounts of activities Mm -hmm. and entertainment for your children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Keep them busy. I think it just... I think it just ruins... It just distracts. I'm not saying don't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just mean, just come on. It's a mask, in my opinion. It's a mask for feeling like a failure as a parent. Yeah, it's Mm. fake. uh, Yeah, productivity as a parent. Yeah. Yeah, we want to feel successful as a parent, or we have equipped our kids to the best of their ability 
but what we don't realize that is that we're actually the discernment filter for our kids right? because we can sign them up for 5,000 things, but they don't have the maturity nor the discernment to decide which ones they want to do or they don't want to do. And so all we're doing is just clogging their schedules. And so downtime is, is really a lost commodity. Yeah. In our, in our culture at it's this seen part. as wasteful in yeah. our culture it's mm-hmm. like yeah it's it's the fallacy that activity automatically equals productivity right right and it might be productive in worldly senses but like spiritual productivity where if we claim jesus that that mm-hmm. really is our primary focus mm-hmm. our children mm-hmm. being spiritually productive and growing in their faith in light of whatever is going on and we can do <sighs> i mean all right we'll call it the adults too like yeah the side gig, you know, the oh, whether sure. hobbies or side gigs or side hustles, no idea like what you're talking about. great, yeah, yeah, right. And the, there's a that's a, the difficult thing is the good things can often be the most dangerous things because they're so easy to get mistaken for. Like if God is oh. calling you, if your kid's going to be on the soccer Olympic team, like yeah, then God might be calling you to go hit up every travel soccer club in the area. And like if God's calling you to move into a business, and then maybe you should start a we don't all necessarily need to do all of those things all of the time because yeah, discernment is key. hurry yeah. is just one of the biggest killers, I think, of spirituality mm-hmm. and Satan knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout uh, out and I think I've pants. said this before. It feels <laughs> like a theme maybe in my life at this point, um, but it, in this season of life, it's this, will we get to the end of our life and Jesus will go, thank you. But I never asked you to you do did. that. You brought that up before. I think I've said that before. It's, it's stuck but with it's, me. It yes. sticks with me it's right true. now in my season of like trying to discern. You're doing way too much. Yeah. What I'm doing with my kids, what I'm doing with my own life, how I'm spending time with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm doing at the church, all yeah. of those things. Like, when do we ever stop and, and ask, Jesus, what is it that you want me to mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. Um, and am I actually doing it? Um, because we uh, we already assumed the sale that Jesus is going to be pleased with all of our business yeah, and hard that. work. Yep. And I, again, it's you know as a as a loving father, I don't think I would ever, unless it was destroying my kid, you know, come down hard on my kid, mm-hmm. like come down hard on Marlo. But I would I would want to appreciate the effort, Ugh. but gently also go. I, I think you're missing it. I think yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. and so I think that's God's interaction with us again, unless it was like, we're driving to a cliff based, you know, with all of our busyness and God's <laughs> yeah. going, I just need to stop this. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a gentle Fowler reality in all of this. Like, yeah, that's good. Ah, I see your heart. I know you want to do good and I know you want to do good for the kingdom, but I just haven't asked you to do that. Yeah. Good initiative, um, bad judgment. Yeah. So we just, we have to stop from time to time. And, and when you and, look at his mission alone, like, look how much time he Mm-hmm. took to do nothing yep. and like relax or like not relax. You know what I mean? Like he would go away by himself and like chill out. Yeah. And he was literally saving humanity. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and like well, he was still taking time and, yeah. and he was still taking time to like breathe. Yeah. So why do we think we can't breathe? Yeah. I think this is a very potent uh, mm. lie. The soil here that mm-hmm. Satan has weaved for Chewy. the Western church and the American church. And yep. our church. And I liked uh, Pastor Derek's point about this cluttered soil. Stephen, you could speak to it from your many plants. Uh, <laughs> but like in your yard. In my life or in my yard? In your yard. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, in your yard. Um, but like, you know, weeds don't just go like, eh, we're good. And I've been like here leave. long enough. Oh, I'm gosh, out of here. No. You know, so like 
yeah, don't talk about all that. it takes is just a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of rain, Ugh. and you blink, and holy smokes, it is the truth. It's like a forest. Oh it, yes, yeah. I remember. I remember looking at my garden this year, quite proudly. Yeah, and then and went to it bed rained bed. overnight. I seriously, <laughs> and I'm like. Where in the world did these things come from? What is going on? Working, waiting. And then it just went out of control. And so it's actually, (laughs) with this metaphor in mind, like it's it's really hard to tend to that stuff. Right. You have to be very, 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 very mindful and actually intentional to pluck up the weeds Mm -hmm. because they're coming no matter what. And immediately, the sooner you pluck it, Mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be. Yeah, don't wait two days. It. And it still sucks plucking it, but the sooner you get down and get your hands dirty and get it ripped out, the sooner you're back to health, the smaller the issue. But then is they come again root. so quickly. Well, don't you use a weed That's killer? It. It's exhausting. Oh. No, we don't spray. How, okay. do you, how would you spiritualize you know that is? into um, Holy Spirit? How easy. The Holy Spirit you know and Jesus many, is you know your weed killer. Lawsuits? Use Roundup your weed killer, like, man. Use not, your weed killer. Don't be messing with Roundup. No. That's for sure. I love Roundup. What? Do you know how many lawsuits Roundup? I got no. I got no time for. If I can use Roundup, I'm using it. It Round, is at our house. Guys, this is a metaphor. If everyone's listening, I don't have anything <laughs> for cancer. Okay. So. Oh come on. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. The, we, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, getting your heart in a posture. Obviously, there's work that we do, but getting your heart in a posture that's even allowing God to shine a light on mm-hmm. like. This needs to come out. This needs to come out. We're gonna. This one is yep. very deep, and it's gonna keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. Yeah. So my next door neighbor, Stan, he's like an expert gardener, mm-hmm. right? So I love his name. So we are. We're pulling up stuff where he's like, "Why are you pulling that up? That's actually a plant." Whoops. And we're not pulling up things that are actually weeds because oh. they look. Like pretty. a weed. Oh, no, they oh, actually look like a plant. And so, oh, another spiritual uh, metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, you know, it just made me think like yeah, sometimes we don't know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we don't. And we need the counsel of other people who have good. more experience oh. to go, that's actually a weed. That's good. Like, oh, that looks was so good. Pretty. It looks great. That's really good. Yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a weed yet that I really liked, so. We all need a stand. There are actually some beautiful weeds. What am I? Well, like a lot of wildflowers are weeds. Grass is weeds. Grass is a weed, mm-hmm. isn't it? Technically, I think it is. I think it's technically a weed. Are you a big mower, Stephen? Just totally off oh. bat, Mike. I, I love my grass. Do you guys mowed. just love mowing? I love it. I love a nice. Do you watch your neighbors square, mow? Square, rectangular, perfect grass, and I just I cut it in the most efficient and oh, ninety man, degree angles I can. Such a, and I do it makes judge my people heart cut. Grass, you know too. that you have hit a whole different point of like adulthood when you start making mowing like you're I like, like to get the edge a couple sh- every couple months and really just oh, get a nice sharp someone text nicole and just ask her when is steven most stressed at home she'll tell you when oh, you mow too long long grass long grass yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. ben will stand in they our kitchen similarly. window with his hands on his hips yes. like this and like watch people mow they have conversations in the neighborhood. I can't with this mowing It's a thing. great so, conversation. For those it, of you trying to do neighborhood stuff. Mowing. Mm-hmm. The yard bring, stuff. Is bring up the mowing. You can, you can relate to the wives mow, about their husbands and mowing. Yeah, go talk to, go talk to your I love yeah. my I love my neighbor, Harry. He's retired. He must mow his lawn like three times a day. Yeah. And so I'm always kind of like, son of a gun. All right, I got to yeah, get, get up there, there now. Yeah. Like, this our, looks fantastic. You need a good neighbor with a good lawn because otherwise you'll be sloughing. And we have one. That's right. And then my neighbor across the street, and then we'll totally get back to this. Because this was just... I, my neighbor right across the street, he has the tiniest little Yorkie I've ever seen. She is darling. Her name is Annie, I think. And he has a basket on his mower and he, she sits 
in his basket oh and he mows on. So I get excited because I get to see her. Oh, her so basket. you and your husband are like at the window together. <laughs> you and Ben have your arms on your like, look at her. But Ben's like, you know, but it's a whole thing. Anyway, I'm so sorry. No, I just no, had to know. Great. I Because I, we the mowing is a real thing. Cluttered. Good one. Cluttered. Okay, let's pay attention to that. Fourth uh, heart uh, posture is uh, culti- uh, cultivating a receptive heart. Here's yeah. the, so it's interesting. And it's, so I'm kind of circling back even the question yeah, you asked fine. earlier about like the heart states and mm-hmm. is this like final or is it kind of uh, transitional? Mm-hmm. The, so the, the, um, the, the thorns and stuff and the mm-hmm. weeds uh, and it proves unfruitful. Whereas this soil, mm-hmm. 30, 60 and a hundred fold. And so I, I guess I initially thought when I'd first read this for years, like, yeah. okay, you know, all right, you're getting distracted, but oh, gotcha. you can get yourself in a place, you know, you'll still make it into heaven. You'll just have missed an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? As I've read scripture, uh, and especially uh, there's a parable in Mark that talks about a guy's growing a tree and he's not producing fruit, cut it down. And the gardener says, well, give me, give it one more year. Let me like dig it out. Let me, if it's not next year, we'll just cut it down. Our faith has to produce fruit. Yeah. Our fruit doesn't create faith. Our faith comes only by the grace of God, nothing we can do on our own. But the the faith that justifies is the faith that sanctifies. Mm -hmm. If we have been justified through Christ, then we will produce fruit in our life. We will experience sanctification. So the, the thorn soil didn't produce fruit. So say for other for everybody say just say the justification sanctification stuff in different words. Justification is is your standing before God. Whereas we're born sinful, and so God has to separate from that sin, and we have to be punished for it. When Jesus went to the cross and died, one of the things He did was pay for that sin. So now our it's it's a legal term. We our standing before God is one where we can stand in His presence and have communion with Him and a relationship with Him. That's a one once and done. Like that happens when when real faith is planted. Sanctification is that long up and down, two journey. steps forward, one step back journey mm-hmm. of looking more and more like Jesus and yep. becoming who you, who God has now created you to be. But that road has to happen. There has to be progress and there has yeah. to be fruit. Looks a billion different ways it could look. Yeah. So that so again, when I started really researching this passage, if these heart states are like final, like your heart is, this is how your, your heart mm-hmm. is, and there's, there's no changing, those who are distracted by the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world to the point where they don't produce fruit, yeah. that's not real faith. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the faith that's true and real on this, this soil produces fruit, 30, 60, and 100. And that was just a moment for me like, oh, yeah, that's, whoa, that's convicting. Am yeah. I producing fruit? Because that's real faith, but yeah. And just for like, sorry, not close to it anymore. Um, I saw Stephen in my head going, like pointing at the mic. Um, So for fruit, for like your, for like our audience and just for my even mindset, when you say producing fruit, what do you think of? Like other, bringing other people to Jesus or is there more to it than that? I my mind it goes to the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control being able to display those attributes of god and to grow in them i think a lot of people hear that that when producing fruit and we think we hear we have to bring other people to jesus we have to save well, that other is people part of yes. it in this that is part yes. of it but there's more to it is what i'm learning and yeah. i think that's that a needs great to be clarification talked about. Yes. Yes. 
That's good. And that needs to be like talked about. Uh, yeah. And so this, yeah, this is where vine in the bran- the vine in the branches comes in, I think. And you know, that we're, what's it, what's the only job of a, of a branch? Remain. Abide. Yeah. And like, we're, yeah, we're not the fruit and we're not the, we're not the vine. Is this when he brings up the ending of the day? Well, is this the time where he brought this up where he gave oh, yeah. the... Oh, yeah, the daily exam. I loved the daily that. Exam, yeah. Was this like the same point? Because he was yeah. talking about being uh, thankful kinda, yeah. and then he like rolled into that. It was like his next step. It was, next step. It was like, am I getting ahead? Am I getting ahead? No. No, go ahead. No, I just appreciated the five steps. I actually, I so I did them yesterday after cluttered was like, oh, I was convicted and I had to have a chit chat. And then I was like, oh, and then he talked about ending the day well. And I did it. Yeah, and I, I'm going to do that. I really appreciated that a lot. Mm-hmm. I did. And I woke up with... The first thing on my mind was resolve to live tomorrow well. Yeah, that's good. I really did like that. Thank you, Derek. It is. Uh, I've so I've been to a couple of Jesuit silent retreats. Jesuit uh, is yeah. a, a, an order of priests uh, in uh, of Catholicism, but they kind of have these retreat centers. Oh, I never. Heard uh, of that and they uh, silent retreat. It was fantastic. It's cool. What's it and called it, again? Uh, well, the Jesuit? Jesuit is the priestly order in Catholicism, and they here. they often have a lot of these retreat centers. Mm-hmm. And so silent, like you're silent for. Point How is, long? Um, Are you silent? I did a two day and a three day. I'd love to do a four day next year if Emily gives me permission. Um, <laughs> Emily, the, shout like out a to Emily. That's good. Put it in your back is pocket. Oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the point of that being, uh, <laughs> the Jesuits are really big into the the, the prayer of examen. Um, and so it was really cool being able to talk with a couple of Jesuit priests and the intention mm. and the point and the heart behind that prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've included it in fits and starts and stops. I actually do it best in the morning, looking back on yesterday, because my mm. mind is fried. I'm a morning yep. person. And it's just you're starting your day on the right foot. You know what I'm saying? Looking back at yesterday and going, okay, so now what am I going to yeah. do today based off what I learned or where I saw God work? So, But I, I love the prayer of Islam. It's good. Fantastic. Oh. I'm really interested in this silent thing. Was it hard? Uh, not. Because everyone else is being quiet. It's weird at first, mm-hmm. but then you kind of like really enjoy it. It's probably hard talking. for certain people, you know. Me. <laughs> Maybe. I think Mike's so answer is not necessarily <laughs> parallel with what your yeah. answer would be saying. Would it be difficult for you is the question you'd ask yourself. I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, but would I enjoy it? Yeah, Probably. Yeah, yeah, just, just shut it all off. It's in Parma, Ohio. They do weekend retreats all the time. It's literally called the Jesuit Retreat Center. Are you Center. around people? Like the yeah, whole time? it's like time? a group of people do, do like this weekend. Do you ride on a pad? If you got to talk to someone? You, <laughs> you just don't talk you to them? Like, like, you can you can like, set up. Okay. Food's ready for rigid. you. It's not rigid. You can open the door and say good morning, but like you're not having conversations oh, with people. Then that's not really silence. No, I'm not doing it unless mm. it's silent. Then you can it's just be It's very like, silent. Because you're right, like you have to eat, you have to do these like different things. So like, are you communicating with everyone? I can be alone in a group of people like (laughs) no one else. I'm fine. You know what I'm really interested in is those uh, darkness retreats. Darkness? Like Aaron Rodgers did. What? Um, You're in the dark? A UFC fighter just did it as well. Yeah, you go for like, same same principle. You go for a day or you go for two days or four days. I think four days. I think a week is the max that I've heard. Yeah, because you'd lose your mind. And you're literally in darkness. 
Why? Yeah. Are you like, whole in a building? In to just like, like get the distractions it? out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't know what the probably. whole practice looks like, but it's called a darkness retreat. Is it like a little bit okay. of light or just no, no light? No, we are not recommending are this you in until we research yeah. it. Just this is so not a recommendation. No. I just said <laughs> wow. I'm curious. I've done no research in it Lots of research today. It's probably like my interest. Yeah. And it didn't turn out super well for Aaron Rodgers because he, you know, tore his Achilles in the fourth I mean, literally. Everyone was like, oh, so I can't work. Yeah. I'm but, a Bears but. fan, so. A what? I have no a idea. Bears fan. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a what? I, what you said. I don't have understand no this darkness thing. About. I can do the silent thing, but darkness, bears. no, thank you. I like bears, too. Mm-mm. I have a light on at all times. <laughs> darkness is. No, thanks. Mm-mm. Guys. We dealing with that. Okay. We need to stop. <laughs> we only have one more oh well hang on let me start so okay. let's give the, uh let's reinforce pastor Derek's next steps why don't you do it what were his uh, do i ha- i don't know oh okay <laughs> sorry I don't so even, just an idea card. I'm like, uh, like a free this thing on your phone right oh, here oh the end of the day well yeah, re- you want me to read that so this will be our next step is like oh, okay. trying to ending the day well life so you have one daily examine number two remember the good moments of your day Everyone have a good moment from yesterday they want to talk about? No. We, we ran out of time? time. Okay. Sorry. We, we spent too much time Three on it. Three, review your darkness. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <no. laughs> Three is to review your day. He said, use, look at your schedule, look at your calendar if you have to, but review it and review see. what went well. What yes. Go, yeah. And then repent of any sin and then resolve to live tomorrow well. And then remember, we talked about this before. The repenting thing is not like the laundry, like... Right. Threw all the laundry in. Jesus, forgive me for everything I did. Yeah. Anything specific is the most helpful with him. Mm-hmm. Or moments that you just saw him, yeah. Yeah. With the intent to change your heart yeah. posture yeah. Right. to be more receptive right. to him. And it's a, a, that's a simple question. Like, Jesus, what do you need me to repent yeah. of? Yeah. Like, and be thankful for the times you Usually the first, the first impression on your heart yeah, is the you, thing that you... Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't take, you know, you don't need to do a deep mm-hmm. dive to know what you need to repent No, and from. it's the thing that you'll want to skip over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. It's the thing that you'll be like, Because uh-huh. you minimize it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. <laughs> Guys, we're getting just... And just a reminder, all of this stuff, like Mike brought up the sanctification word again, I feel like we just need to remember yeah. that the way God works with us as a gentle father, as a leader is such a gift. The fact yes. that this exists and we have these like tools and ways that we yes. can improve. It's not for yes. perfection's sake. It's not for improvement's sake. It's not to be perfect. It's not to like look a certain way to the world. It's to it's get, a gift to get to know him better yeah. and know yourself better. Mm-hmm. And I think even Pastor Eric said this at the end, just like you're inspiring other people to want to live that life and know God more mm-hmm. because of what they, the fruit that they're seeing uh, in your life. So I think that's our I encouragement that. for you guys today. Thank you, Danielle. Oh, you're welcome, Sarah. I came <laughs> up with it myself after I read the sermon and wrote down notes. I love um, okay, guys, we love doing this. We only have like one more for guys, season one. So yeah, so we're going to take, we're going to have a break. Um, and we'll have some other stuff. We have an Advent series with Pastor Sarah that'll kind of fill the gap a little bit, but oh. we won't be back until the four of us until winter time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but just want to get your hearts ready so you don't okay. go into a deep and depression cry. about it. And cry. But we will do night. reruns, right? Yeah, we're going to do reruns throughout and we're going to show like some video clips, I think, on yep. social media. Oh. So you can like share stuff. Oh. Yeah, we'll have some, <gasps> we'll have some work for you to do for in the everyone. holiday. Yeah, share holiday it with season. your friends. Yep. 
and prep for uh, season two. Yeah, hopefully we haven't. Yeah, submit your question. Okay, guys, we're leaving now. <laughs> Whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week one more time. Bye. 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 Bye.